If you enjoy Our Sinclair and want to support the show, please visit our page at patreon.com slash OurSinclair. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Lords of Midnight. Ooh, that's a name I would have picked like that. Now, that's right up my alley. I know, Aaron, that you are sometimes what they call a night owl. They refer to me as the Lord of Midnight. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite when it's when it's real, real late at night, mm-hmm. everybody else is asleep, and you've got the whole house to yourself? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite sort of late night activity? So right to bed. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. You're the Lord of Midnight. You know, I remember in my when I was a younger uh, fellow, I used to love everybody's in bed. Right? I was just when I was in high school or whatever, and it's a sa- like a Saturday night. It's when you 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 watch yourself. Here's here was my lineup. Now, I, didn't, I didn't go party or anything. I wasn't that kind of Lord sure. of Midnight. I was a geeky Lord. So you watch from from eleven to twelve, Friday the thirteenth, the series. Mm-hmm. Love that show, Roby. Hot redhead, I was in. Then, all right, you got two episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. Love now, is that, that different than Tales of the Unexpected? It's absolutely different. Mm. A totally different show. Uh, so, because that was a Tales of the Unexpected is a, from the UK, brilliant show. Don't get me wrong, but different. So, and eventually, they uh, Tales of the Dark Side became Monsters, which was not as good, but still had this moment. Seems like a lame name. No, it's not. You're wrong. It was lamer. I'll get you that. And then, then you've got so okay. It's it's midnight or one in the morning. What do you watch? That's when they kick in the Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone. There's only one. They save that for midnight, huh? Well, one about one in the morning. Okay. Then you kill a couple of hours. Maybe you might catch on the original Outer Limits. And at 4 a.m., you'd watch the new Twilight Zone on TBS, four to five. Really? Oh, Boy, what, what a popular show that must have been when they showed it at 4 well, this o'clock is, this in the morning. Is, there were repeats, both. Mm. But this is a great show. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski uh, wrote and produced uh, more than a handful of those. The fellow that did that was behind Babylon 5. Uh, uh, Harlan Ellison was involved in some of those. There's Stephen King. So you had all the luminaries of, of horror and science fiction there uh, on all these shows. Those, uh, that was my, that, so that was my favorite like nighttime thing to do. And also eat like a pig. I, I should mention that. Do you have a favorite midnight snack? Uh, let's see. Um, I used to like to get on a chair, climb over my mom's fridge, and there was a cabinet up there that you weren't supposed to get to. That's where they had the, uh, a huge jar of icing. Ooh. And you get your spoon. <laughs> And Go to town. In. You're in, man. <laughs> and so what you do? Hey, I'm just saying. Or whatever it was like. We had frozen pizza in the fridge. Like that. Whatever you got, you just eat that, and you're good. What about you? What was your Lord of Midnight action? My Lord of Midnight action was Nick at Night. Oh God. Which, so I'd watch. Asking, which one? I'd watch My Three Sons. Oh. The Donna you Reed on, show. You were on those shows, weren't you? In your sweater vest. I feel like I could have walked out of one. Yeah. Um, Donna Reed. Um, the, Donna Reed. Yeah. Mm, um, she's okay. The, um, oh, what was the one? They act alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk alike. The facts alike. No, you <laughs> could, what is, it had, had two girls, but they were really the same girl. Oh, you're talking about the, um. What, uh, is, what is the name of I that know, show? I know the show. It was the when same girl. cousins Identical yeah, right. cousins and you'll find. Right, right. We walk alike, we talk alike. Yeah, I know what is, the, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, I watched that one a lot too. But that's how I learned about all this stuff that I know about now, was just watching Nick at Night. All of my knowledge comes from there. 
didn't really learn much then. So no. I'm saying because I'm going to tell you something. My three sons was no good. <laughs> really? No, it was no good. But no. If you're going to watch something like that, at least watch Courtship of Eddie's Father. You got Bill Bixby in there. All right. You got something. I've never what heard of that What you had was nothing. You had nothing. Where do you stand on Dobie Gillis? I like Dobie Gillis. But I was, a, I was a Maynard G. Krebs a fan. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was a, a disciple of the Krebs. <laughs> you know, personally. <laughs> Patty Duke. Thank you, Pac. Because that was going to haunt me. Patty Duke show. Yeah. She was a cute little number as she, she got was. older. And then she, it went south on Well, her. she had yeah. a troubled childhood, as it Who were. Who doesn't? That's, That's true. Honestly. That's true. All right, Aaron. Let's talk about Lords Midnight. We really led that up with a real <laughs> with a big anchor right there. Nothing to Lords of Midnight. Now, you know, but I'll often pick a game when ARG presents strictly based on the name of the game. Mm -hmm. And this game has the coolest name that there ever was. The Lords of Midnight is an odd that's a band name, that's an album name, that's the top single on the album. It's a great name. Yeah. It's like Big Country. That, no, it's way better than that. So no. So this thing came out in the the glorious year, 1984. How old were you in 84, Bo? Three. Three years old. But it's old. still my favorite year in video games. Didn't play this at, at, at Not when first released, yes. The author of this guy, and this, this guy's a man of some renown, because he was there, he was doing some stuff, all of a sudden, bam, Lords of Midnight. It was a fellow named Mike Singleton. Of course, he did the sequels, which we'll touch on. He did some other games uh, for the Spectrum. Three Deep Space, Shadow Facts, Siege, Snake Pit, Star Lord, Star Trek. You know it's good. Uh, I can't wait till we get to that. Throne of Fire. That sounds good. That sounds tough to set in. And War in Middle Earth. He did Shadow Facts and no, War in Middle yeah, Earth. No yeah, no surprise there. Uh, the... Uh, the World of Spectrum says this was... I know this is going to stun you. Brace yourself. It says this was, this game was inspired by J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Unbelievable. I know. It is stunning. Uh, this was out on the old ZX Spectrum 48K, the big 48K special, mm -hmm. uh, and was originally priced at a whopping 10 pound, 9 pound, 95p. Not too bad uh, of a game. So how do we describe this game? Because it is, I'm going to leave the description to you. Because when I described it to you, I said it was a strange uh, role-playing strategy amorphous thing that it was hard to describe. What? How would you? How would you describe the gameplay and the overall game itself? I'd call it a role-playing game without statistics. Okay. So it's like an adventure, a turn-based adventure game. Mm-hmm. Turn-based adventure. That's where I'll go with it. Okay. All right. So, um, I don't know if you looked at the manual for this, but I, I did. did. Did you read the uh, opening book? <laughs> I skimmed it with fury. I read. I read through it, and basically, uh, from what I gathered, uh, you've got a couple heroes here. You've got four to be exact, but you. you but that are. I'm going to read their names because I like them. Luxor, mm -hmm. the Moon Prince. The Moon Prince. Don't stand behind this guy, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> Rothron, the Wise. Corleth, the Fae. And Morkin. <laughs> Here comes Morkin. <laughs> it's said that Morkin is the most important guy in the game. <laughs> right. You know, he's got the crappiest name, but Morkin is half fey, so he's got that going for him. Well, well he is. So, um, it's a blessing and a curse. You are really. trying to destroy, you're on a quest 
to destroy Doom Dark, the evil witch king, right? Who has locked the land of midnight in a continual winter. Do you think they knew he was evil from the beginning? When it ain't when Doom he was, Dark? Yeah, when he was in school and the teacher was like, Doom Dark, get back in your seat. Let me tell you something. I want, I want to talk a bit about this fellow Mike Singleton. He knew names, right? These game, these names he's put together are straight out of my D&D wish list. I would have never came up with Doom Dark, the evil witch king. That's pretty good. I love it. For one thing, a witch king, to me, would be a warlock king because a male witch is a warlock. Witch king sounds cool. Go with it. That's the way I look That's at it. Tolkien. Now, Morkin, you know, I probably would have skipped that, but well, otherwise. You, you know, Morkin, you know, the whole thing with Morkin is like he's like the Sam Gamgee, you know? That, like, no kidding. Yeah. No, he, 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 Don't like, leave home without him. Well, I mean, he's the only one that can destroy the the, uh, the crown, mm-hmm. which we'll get with the ice crown. So yeah. this game, uh, if you read the manual for this, this is not some... Uh, this is not, say, the backstory for that uh, tea game we played. Uh, what was it? The shooter? More tea, Vicar? Which that had a crazy backstory that just sort of made up. It was also just a paragraph long. Right. Too. This story is epic. Yeah. Uh, a long, long tale. I think I believe the manual was 64 pages, and I think the 30, first 32 pages were that story. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was pretty good. I mean, I have to say it was pretty well-written uh, stuff. This guy had, had some good chops as a writer. So, when the game starts up, you're basically in sort of, I guess we're going to call this a first-person view. Yes, go with that. absolutely. And, uh, you, and you have a landscape, and you can move. And grab, grab me one of your uh, keyboard overlays, okay. bro. Let me hand me. So, this game came with a keyboard overlay for your specy. Here it is. I'm going to put it on Still Store Cambot. There it is. And you can see, uh, if you're watching the show, that above these keys are, the, are what you can do in the game. Now, um, I didn't have a specky, so I had to have a gimmick. I had to have one of these and just try to figure it out, you know. But basically, what you can do on your turn is what is a lot of the stuff that's on this thing here. You, you can, first of all, you can switch between characters at any time. You've got four characters. Um, you can also move these characters. You can look around. Uh, you can think, which I always like. <laughs> and... Uh, when you do these things, uh, things will happen in your first-person perspective. Now, you may walk around and see mountains. You may see forests. You may see enemies. You may see towers. Uh, there are a, a ton of stuff that you can come across in this game. And you can choose whether to fight. You can choose whether to hide. You can choose uh, uh, a, a few things. It's not like there's a ton of stuff you can do. Uh, and But you go through the game, and when you've played all your characters, it's almost in a weird way... It's almost like us. Uh, I guess you did mention sort of a real-time strategy sort of thing. It's, I mean, once you finish doing all of your stuff, it's nighttime. You hit the button, the night comes. Yeah, it's not real-time strategy it's not, at all. But I mean, it, it's got it's turn-based. It's yeah, a, turn-based. Turn-based. Yeah. Uh, does the same thing, right? But when night comes, that's when uh, Doom Dark goes to what his forces do the crap that you just did, except probably better. With a name like Doom Dark, you work at night. That's right. Yeah. Can you imagine Doom Dark? It's like it's like ten a.m. Doom Dark's out getting a uh, 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 he's out at, at the Starbucks getting him getting him a, Get double, a latte, double, yeah. double double latte. Uh, so now, boat, explain because I, I will. I'm not gonna lie. My ability to understand what the hell was happening in this game was fairly limited. You had a much better go of it. What exactly was your strategy going into this? Uh, and ultimately, how well, did, how far did you get? Okay. Well, there's two ways to play this game. Right. That's not true. 
there's there's multiple ways to play this game depending on what your objective is. So the first objective, the, the easiest thing, quote unquote, easiest way to beat the game is to send, what's his name, Morkin. Morkin. Yeah. Send Morkin out to get the ice crown. Get the ice crown, yeah. Okay, if he gets the ice crown, you bring it back to some place and you, you, you destroy it and that's the end of the game, okay? Or what you can do is you can send your other uh, fellows out to recruit um, other battlers mm -hmm. and you can take them down to the enemy stronghold or actually back to your stronghold and wait for the enemy to show up and then you can destroy the enemy that way. Um, <clears throat> so, or you can do a combination of both. You send Morkin out and then you also send your guys out. As yeah. long as Morkin doesn't die, then you can, you, can, you can work on both things at one time. According to the manual anyway, uh, you can, like you said, you can you can go get the ice crown, and you gotta take it and destroy it. There's that. Then you could also, uh, you could also take down Doomdark's home citadel. Okay, so Ushgar. I couldn't remember if it was you're defending your home citadel yeah. or you're taking down his. But there's an citadel. epic version. Okay. where you do both at the same time. Right, and <laughs> it's very awesome. possible because this is a turn-based game. Basically, sure. Morkin just immediately sets off on his quest, and then you immediately start trying to recruit these other guys. Yeah. Okay. So, this is the, the way that this game works. Just imagine that you're, you've got this giant board. Um, this is like, if you can imagine, just like a board with 4,000 spaces on it, mm. okay? And you are moving through this board, and each time you move a square, you, you, know, you move one square at a time, you have a certain number of moves per turn that you can make, okay? And um, there, this board is populated with ruins, with keeps, with citadels, with enemies, and with good guys, okay? And so what you have to do is you have to negotiate your way through this terrain to accomplish whatever mission you're trying to accomplish. So if you are looking for um, a guy to recruit, then you wanna go to like a keep or to a citadel or wherever you think he might be hanging out. You look around and then you can, if, if you see him, he's there. Uh, you can run into lots of different kinds of monsters. There are wolves, there are like ice trolls, there are these things called dragons. skull crins, there's dragons. Yep. There are all these different things that want to kill you and you can try and kill them. Um, Eventually what happens is Doomdark is building this army and he is attacking various places on the board while, you, while you're making your moves. As long as he doesn't destroy the main place, then you are, you are okay. Or as long as he doesn't destroy all of the citadels, you're okay. Um, the armies of the free. He has to subdue the yeah, armies of the free. Yeah, yeah. and um, basically what happens is each one of your guys takes a turn, just like if you're playing a role-playing game, uh, or like tabletop role-playing. Each one of your guys takes a turn. When all your guys have taken their turns, it's nighttime, and then Doomdark takes his right. turn. Yeah, the, 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 I should mention that, uh, as Boat said, he can, he can kill Morkin, that's one way, or he can also uh, conquer Zajorkith, which is the capital citadel of the free armies. So, so that's what the bad guy can do to get you. Yeah, and so you will see um, as time progresses, each time that you go, you push the button that triggers night, which basically triggers the next turn, you see what Doomdark has taken over. You can see how bad you're screwed. Um, so that is the game in a nutshell. Um, was I successful at this game? No, no, I was not successful at this game. I managed to get the basic concepts down of the game 
and I managed to move my guys through different, you know, different environments through the world. I could track where my guys were on the main map to some extent, but I was not successful in either getting the ice crown or defending the home citadel. No, I I, uh, I had similar. Now, luckily, a, a good and dear fellow in, in our Discord. Uh, chat sent me all the information I needed to the maps and the and the overlay and the little because with that in the manual because you're boned you got to have I mean you this is one this isn't like uh, Pugion or something where you just hop in you got to mm -hmm. really study up uh, and just to figure out what the heck's going on because when this thing comes up it just comes up and you're like what am I doing you know you don't know what the hell's happening um, the uh, I, I could I generally knew where I was I could romp around I could kill stuff I mean let's let's boil it down here the plot of this is lord of the rings all right the crown is the ring and just like lord of the rings when you get the crown uh dark doom can tell where you're at mm -hmm. you know he's got his forces there's also this like in a jimmy carter twist this D dark doom or doom dark causes this malaise all over everybody and so when your character's around the malaise sort of lifts it makes them you do more stuff when your character's around so there's that that's the, in the book the, the ice fear that's that, that's right yeah. that's right not the i love jimmy carter by the way but that's the malaise that was his gimmick that's one did he have the beer was that the, was billy billy oh. carter's brother billy okay. beer um so what now uh so this was a hobbit uh let's go with homage how about that uh, and of course, this guy went on to do a, uh, uh, at least one Lord of the Rings game, mm -hmm. and presumably he did a couple, given right. what we read. So it's okay if he if he sort of horks some of their gimmick. But I will say, uh, the, the, like the writing, the writing of what he did was interesting. You know, and I don't know if they couldn't get the license or they just said screw it, we'll just make our own. Who knows? Um, this is a complex game. It's easy to get law. It's 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 simple and complex both. That's what drives me nuts about it because it's. Listen, it's not mega complex, but you you're controlling four people in a turn-based way, and you have a limited amount of time. It was tough, especially when you're just learning. This is not a game that I mean I will freely admit this isn't the game you crack open on a Tuesday and you think to yourself, "Well, I have this sucker mastered by far." No, you're not. You you stagger through. This game has a rep for being a pretty difficult game. And I came nowhere near uh, getting close to beating it. But I did learn how to get around, what to do, you know, the what the commands did. Uh, in some ways, it's a beautiful game uh, if you consider uh, the, uh, the the technology behind it. Uh, there, I, I find the graphics to be quite pleasant. Some of the best we've seen. Yeah, uh, the the way that the, this plays out like the best version of a text plus graphic adventure that you can imagine. So on on last week's ARG, you were talking about text based adventure games yeah. and how uh, on the Coco they had text games that also had a graphical component. That's right. So this game this game is like the apex of that. Yeah. Because you've got you've got text that describes your surroundings, but then you also have a graphical representation. And when you are approaching, say you're approaching uh, a citadel, the closer that you get, the, the citadel will sort of loom up over the horizon yeah. for you. It's very impressive and it loads very quickly. It, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, did you, so you actually turned this up on the actual... No, but this, the, the video we're watching now is from a real spectrum. Uh, well, so. the, uh, I know, I was running an emulator, and it, one thing I w will say, uh, if you consider this cocaine I talked about, this, the graphically blows that away. Play, and this, again, this is another game this is not for some. Uh, uh, I mean, this is a tough game, and it's a it's a robust 
environment for uh, a 48K yeah. game. I'll tell you what could have made this game better. All right. This game does a lot of things right, but the commands in this game are super, super obscure. They're goofy. Yeah, they're real yeah, goofy. They're goofy. There's a I think agree. command. Yeah. Okay? That doesn't exactly, like, tell you what's going on whenever you push think. Okay? Yeah. There's a choose command. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, what, what they needed to have was an attack command. Like, when you see... Uh, wolves or you see skullcrens or something like that in front of you, one of your options needs to be attack. The funny thing is the battles in this are non-battles. Right. Like it's like a, a, it was like they almost treated like a secondary thing. Well, you either win or you lose. Right, and there's no there's no play-by-play -play or whatever. And there's no real, like there's no way that you can tell whether you're going to win or lose. Like there's no statistics. There's no hit points. There's nothing like that. If you're traveling with a companion and you both come across, you know, monsters, I guess it's you have a better chance of winning. Obviously, um, there are also crazy statistics that you read after the battle. Like your hero slew 187 skullcrens, and you're like, wow. But then you end up dying, um, and so. The, the end of the game occurs when you've lost either all, you know, all your guys, the whole world is gone, and then you get a game over screen. The, the thing that I like about this game is that uh, there are two things. One is that the way that the perspective is, the way that, you know, when you're approaching things, you see them loom up over the distance. And the other thing is this, the, the size of the game is just super, super, super impressive. If this game had an auto mapping feature where you could push the M key and you could just see a big grid with all where all your guys were, yeah. because otherwise, short of that there now. is there is no way that you could progress in this game without having a piece of grid, grid, grid paper and just mapping out where each one of your people are. Otherwise, you'll lose them forever. Yeah. I mean, you, there's no way because like you're the the text will say, well, you're in the the forest of doom or something like that. But the forest of doom is like it's like a 16 square thing and it curves, you know, and there's no way there's no relative positioning you can use to make sure you know where you are in this game. I think those are both incredibly valid. First of all, I'm I'm. I'm I'm heartened to hear that you had problems keeping track of where you were at, because especially with four people, are mm -hmm. you kidding me? Now, uh, there there are maps. Uh, yeah, and I used a map. Yeah, you, know? I, you, you got yeah. to, yeah, or your boat. And I agree with what you said with keyboard. I mean, again, look at these keyboard commands. I mean, if you look at this, if you're on, if you're on the video, uh, you can easily screw yourself up if you hit the night button when you're not wanting to. If you if you if you're not paying attention, you can, especially when you're not playing on a proper. Uh, spectrum, you can. It was really easy for me. I screwed up all the time, and so uh, that was a problem. And, and the and the commands are just they are goofy. Like the and this is another game where the interface wasn't quite there, mm -hmm. uh, and which is a shame for me. Now, if I had a spectrum and the overlay and a map, like everything was optimum, because we're not playing this game in optimum condition. Right. So I'm not gonna sit here and say, well, they really screwed this up. We're playing it at we're at an obvious disadvantage due to the fact that we don't have all the feelings and stuff that you need. Uh, that said, uh, uh, there's got to be an easier way to do it. I mean, I, I'll forgive it for having an auto map in 1984 and a 48k game. Mm -hmm. Now, all that aside, uh, I love this game in terms of what they brought to the table because you know I'm an old D and D guy, boat. You're talking a fully established world with a huge map that you can walk around on with four guys you've got a huge mission this is the kind of game i would have killed for on the coco back in the day mm -hmm. uh then there was nothing like this i can tell you that right now that game came close 
this game was a well thought out. Uh, the, the fellow that put it together knew what he was putting together. And uh, um, aside from the interface, I think it's a, a, a real solid title. We've talked about games in the past where you get that open world feel, you know. Uh, this game gives you that sort of the Ultima world with a cool first-person perspective with awesome visuals. Right, absolutely. And so I really, I really dig that. This uh, is yet another Spectrum game that we, I mean, it seems like anytime we do a game like this where like it's an open world, I mean, these guys were thinking outside the box in a way that a lot of American developers just weren't. Now, uh, something, I found a couple things I wanted to mention because I thought they were kind of neat. Uh, they the the develop in development of this game the 3D effect they use in the game is called billboarding. It's uh, they where they pre-scale these images and they put them up and it it works. I mean whatever they did worked. Uh, also Singleton did the game. He wrote the he wrote the uh, the little short part at the beginning. He did the landscaping stuff. He did it all in the last three months of '83. So he was just a one-man freaking army. That's crazy. He coded it the first three months of 84 and put this thing to bed in April. Wow. All on his own. So this Unbelievable. Was, this was a one-man show, y'all. Something else I noticed that was interesting, and this feeds into something else. Uh, I was reading the manual, and it says that you should take notes. It also says that if you've got your Spectrum hooked up to a printer, it's got a printer function. Mm -hmm. You can print out what's going on. Why is this something? Well, what's neat about this is if you read the book... Uh, there's an offer in the back to submit your gameplay for to be turned into a novel. Wow! Did you read this no. in the book? Um, the uh, the publishers offered to turn the campaign of the first person to offer proof of completing the game into a published novel. Huh. Okay, so get this. You know there's a story behind this because I love this. Thing. Yeah. So, uh, the first person sent their claim in two weeks after the release of the game. All right. Unfortunately. Um, no publisher was interested in publishing the, the <laughs> this uh, this thing, and so the, the no one they never made it happen. Uh, so that sucks. This is another one of these games where they offer a contest and they sort of just drop the ball. Yeah, it's like Sword um, Quest all over again. We were talking about Singleton's novella at the beginning of this thing. Um, he offered to write a full novel, and there were a, there were tentative discussions about him doing a, a novel about it. Uh, but uh, he ne it never happened for various reasons. Uh, so uh, there apparently there was a remake of this game in the, in the, in the two thousands, and it, it was it worked on uh, it's uh, to to some end with uh, the original author and a new guy named Chris Wild. Okay, and uh, um, he actually put out a a, a book, an ebook of the novel that he wrote of last year, just about a year ago today. Almost exactly a year ago. So there is a there is a novel based on this game series that you could go out and get if you if you wanted if you wanted to read it. So I thought that was kind of neat too. So and and uh, this game has been remade. Uh, I, I didn't look into in depth at the remakes, but they're out there. Uh, did you look at any of the remakes? Yeah, I did. Um, I looked at the PC remake, and it, to me, it is the perfect example of the way a remake should be done. Oh, yeah? Because they didn't change any of the graphics. I think a big part of the charm of this game is the Spectrum color palette, you know, yeah. the, the sort of simple line drawings and things like that. But what they did add is a lot of quality of life features. Like they simplified the menu system. They put in mapping. You can push a key and you can see where all your guys are on the map at any one time. Um, I highly, highly suggest that you seek out this PC remake. Yeah, I'm looking into this. Uh, the C the uh, 
the uh, remake was done by that the same guy Chris Wilde who wrote the e- the ebook, and he collaborated with Mike Singleton uh, on it. Apparently, at least there was some there was some collaboration there, and they also apparently worked on a uh, an iPhone, you know, an, I- an iOS. According version. to Graham in the in the chat, there's also a GBA port of this game. No believe kidding. it or not. Yeah, I don't. I've got nothing yeah. on that. Uh, I should mention that uh, poor Mike, uh, he passed away in October 2012, mm-hmm. and this was before the uh, iOS version got released. And also, there was a BlackBerry version, apparently. Uh, and and this, this says that there are Windows and Android versions to follow, but this is from 2012, so it's hard to say if they, were, if they ever came out. Uh, but an interesting, an interesting game. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't know if I've played a game... Have I played a game like it? I have. Have I played a game... That is, the gameplay is like this. No, I mean there are plenty of Lord of the Ring knockoffs out right. there, but I mean this one is an unusual game. Um, let's talk about uh, the reception for this thing. But I should mention this game had uh, sequels: uh, Lords of Midnight, Doom's Dark Revenge, and The Eye of the Moon, which uh, The Eye of the Moon didn't get released. Um, so when this came out, Crash Magazine. Awarded Lords of Midnight 10 out of 10. Perfect. Uh, yeah, they loved it. Uh, it won a Best Adventure Game that year. Uh, the Zap 64 people, because this had a 64 release, loved it as well. It got a 91%, although they apparently they didn't improve on it very much from the spectrum. The typical thing that happened with these British computers back in the day is they would port stuff back and forth. They really didn't do much to enhance them very often, and so you would often get whatever you know whatever the system it was coming from looked like. You right. get that. Uh, it got the best strategy game of the year at the Golden Joystick Awards. We love those. I love the old Golden Joystick. <laughs> I'd love to be there in the the tuxedo for the Golden Joystick hey. Awards. I bet it's just like the Oscars. Uh, this uh, this uh, the ZX Spectrum version was the was voted the seventh best game of all time in your Sinclair Magazine 2004. Um, let's see here. The uh, that's basically the long and short of it. It was it got a pretty good score. I should mention on World of Spectrum, it received an eight point four five. Pretty high score. Mm-hmm. We got some user reviews right, on the Discord. D-Man says, Epic War Game. Still amazed that a game of this scale was released in 1984 and was somehow condensed into a mere 48K, featuring a plot that could have come across as a hollow Tolkien ripoff, but ended up being much more than that. Endless replay value, still attempting to obtain the perfect victory 35 years later. One of the classics. 10 out of 10. A wow. perfect score from D-Man. Wow. D-Man. Okay. Graham Vebke says, this is not a game you can sit down and expect to master in one sitting. No. <laughs> in fact, the repeatability here appears endless. The story is good. The scope you cover for a 1984 game is as large as many modern day RPGs. My only gripe, other than how much thinking you do, is that I wish the controls were simpler, like the GBA port. 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. The GBA got a port. I, yeah. I, I didn't come across that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty crazy. cool. That's crazy to think about. Um, I'll look this thing up on the eBay. Uh, if you're in the UK, again, you're laughing. You can get the uh, tape 14 uh, and 11 bucks US. So not too bad. Pretty good. This is an unusual title. And I will, I'm not going to lie. I struggled mightily with just trying to comprehend what in God's name was happening uh, on this game. This is a game of its era, for sure. Uh, I can see why people still like it. It's vast. Uh, it's it's very innovative. 
Uh, but for a modern person that doesn't have the patience to put themselves... This reminds me of playing one of the old Ultima games, like Ultima 1 or 2 or 3. I don't know if you've played this recently. No. When you go back and try to play them, it's just like, this is, those are worse than this, but this, this I couldn't, it was tough for me to, I mean, it's not, again, it's 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 simplicity, but extremely complicated in terms of your overall actions and right. keeping track of them. There's a lot of self-tracking in this, and if you're not into that, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to thank our supporters uh, for Our Sinclair. If you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. We want to thank Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbo Knot, Graham Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassel. Thank you guys so much for supporting Our Sinclair. Yeah, thank you all. Aaron, next week... We're going to take a look at a racing game. Okay. I know you're kind of a, a street racer in real life. Well, the Jeep can go zero to 60 in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to look at Checkered Flag. All right. Sounds fun, right? Is it spelled in the bizarre, kooky way? It is. I'm in. I wouldn't expect it any other way. So until then, guys, rewind tape. And press play.